Way to make everything that I was trying to do before that ship battle completely irrelevant because when you can't shoot to an arc, it is <laughs> stupid. Welcome back to the third episode in our one-shot. As everyone maybe has learned at this point in time, our one-shots are never actually one-shots. Like, maybe y'all can help me with this one. <laughs> I don't think anyone else's one-shots are actual one-shots unless you sit down for like five or six well, hours. What is, like... What is an actual one shot? Like you sit down, you're like you see a, a man in a bar, you're like, I attack the man and then you fight that man and then that's over. That that like, would be the one only one shot's over. Yeah, you have like one combat and that lasts yeah. like an hour. I don't care how efficient you are. Like I, I mean, you can do it, but no, you never do it in like an hour. You gotta sit down for like three hours at minimum. I'm okay with doing one shots, yeah. but like just like sitting down and doing them for like five hours. That's I have fair. the attention span of a toddler, so <laughs> doesn't work out. Like I did a one shot with um, Owen a while ago. Which one shot was it? It was the not Minds of Madness. The one Tomb of Horrors. Yeah, Tomb was of it? Horrors. Oh, Tomb of Horrors was like so much fun to do. Hours. I really want to oh, play. Yeah, that one... I know it there's was fun, a bunch but of halfway pain. through I lost interest completely, and I was like, I want to have fun so badly, but I can't concentrate at all. We should have we should have taken a break, but we also went overtime on that one by like Three an hours. hour and a bit, three hours. Yeah, perfect. Um, We're all bad at they it. Because they decided they used a they used a boat to go over pits. Yeah, this was like they the session the before we decided we want to do a podcast, so it was kind of like not recorded, but. Which is too bad. I mean, Paul used a table to cover a hole once. He was like, I think we could use this hole to cover that table. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, there was like a, a tunnel that was like burrowed into the thing. I was like, hey, there's a big heavy wooden table. Let's just flip that shit over and cover the hole with it. And let's fuck off right quick. And I was like, ah, fuck. Yeah. But I, I, I was like, I mean, they'll move it. Like, it's not an immovable object. But that is very creative. And I just like it. Yeah. This well, is what's uh, funny for us is that I gave... Our, our character a, a cloak of ma- he picked a magic item and he decided I'm going to have a, a cloak of youthful items or the robe of youthful like items and it Whatever. comes with oh, two yeah. boats on it it has a bunch of patches on it that you, know, you can rip off and produce stuff and yeah. he's like I rolled for the stuff and he had boats he's like two boats <laughs> two rowboats he was like I don't know what I'm going to do with this we get into the dungeon there is a giant pit in front of them and they're like okay he pulls off the rowboat and he places it across it because it's just wide enough they get across the white pit, the robot, and then try to, they try to throw the rowboat across the next pit. Uh, it was then. It was. Is it that, was interesting. That was the one with all the pits that everyone kept falling in, right? Yes, all the pits that I kept falling in. <laughs> you know, you know, you fucked up when a player goes, "Wait, how long are these rowboats?" And you're like, <laughs> "Ah, fuck. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Twelve feet. Could they stretch across these pits?" <sighs> yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> this is uh, Alex, Paul, Anna, Owen, and Ian coming at you again Hello. with this episode. From They're hanging out with us from the Not Presently Deceased 5e Actual Play Podcast. And Paul and I are the two buddies in the titular buddy cast. Uh, and uh, we're excited to have everyone back. I just I forgot to mention that at the top. I figured it was worth shoehorning in. Because <laughs> just really aggressively hammering that one. Up. I also just like the word shoehorn. It sounds <laughs> odd. It's like someone like walks around with like. Eh, eh, eh. Is that like that Looney Tunes character Foghorn Shoehorn? Yes. Exactly. Oh, it's Leghorn. Foghorn, I Leghorn. know. Yeah. <laughs> I like Foghorn Shoehorn. 
I say, I say, I say, Alex was staring daggers at me when I made that terrible joke. I say, I say, I say, this is going to be a five episode one shot. <laughs> like, oh my god, a shoehorn is an actual thing. <laughs> of course, yeah, shoehorns. That's how you get your feet into like hard bound leather shoes is with a shoehorn. Yeah, yeah. You ever yeah. Put, tried to put on dress shoes? Dress shoes are just I'll, I'll, foot I'll bindingly I'll terrible. Ian, we have a shoehorn at home. We did you not know this? Do? Yes, no, you do. He uses it as a soup spoon. <laughs> a really ineffectual soup spoon. It's like who would purchase this? Here you just go. keeps cascading off the sides of it. Well, I think my grandpa carries a shoehorn with him. That's that's that's, a, that's cool. Oh, that just seems cool. That like, seems really like old school too. It does. He probably has a yeah, pocket like watch. A pocket shoehorn. Like you know, yeah, like a, a pocket, pocket knife, but instead it's like. He can't like bend over to use it, so he has to like sit down on something every time he wants to use it. Hey, I also sit down to use a shoehorn. They are hard to use. <laughs> Nothing against your grandfather. They are. Yeah. Not super conducive for like standing and balancing and trying to like wedge one's foot into hard patent leather. Yeah. Well. I just um I just fuck up the heels of my shoes and I never untie them. Perfect. <laughs> just smash yeah. them in with yeah. your heel. Just like. I'll uh, work yeah. this leather raw. Yeah, I only purchase Converse <laughs> shoes because they're nonsense <laughs> canvas, and uh, that's all I need. I mean, yeah, I have a bunch of, I have like four pairs of Converse, and then one pair of shoes that I stole from my mom. I just that are actual like running shoes. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> sorry, Anna's mom. <laughs> if you're it's listening okay. to this, she's not sorry, and she told us I'm off air that she was so happy she stole them. It was really weird. I am happy that I stole them. You can put that on air. <laughs> I'll say it on air. <laughs> Brutal. We're the same size, so she steals my clothes. That's so good. Fair. We're we're essentially the same size. She's like a lot shorter than me, but fair. I can't wear her pants, but I can wear everything else. You know, and I've never met you, so I'm just gonna swing wildly here. I'm guessing you're six foot three. Let's uh exactly. yeah. spot on. Got it. Because <laughs> I imagine you're a towering person. Intimidating yet friendly. You said six foot three, like she understands foot inches. Hundred and sixty three centimeters. That's how they measure height. <laughs> there's a chart somewhere. There's a charter there's a chart somewhere. It's like how Canadians use measurements. Um, yeah. We measure like, height in like, feet. We measure height in feet, yeah. We measure weight in pounds. We measure um, distance in meters. Distance in um, meters and kilometers. Um, temperaturing in Celsius. Celsius. Yeah. Celsius makes sense. Uh, we speed in kilometers per hour. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I drove across the border into, uh, what was it? Ontario, like, cause American cars have the kilometers per hour, but they're really small and shitty. So you can't quite tell. Well, same with Canada, but they've got like the miles per hour, tiny. Small yeah, and shitty. Yeah, another yeah. tiny on our ones too. Yeah. My brother actually like a while ago bought like an old, uh, Camry. But it was from Canada. Oh, that, well, he's, well, his brother lives in Seattle, basically. Just well, no, like he the, bought this when he was in Colorado. And that makes no sense. Yeah, he bought it when he was out <laughs> here in Colorado. And he just bought it. And, like, we were driving around in it, like, right after I got it. And, like, it's not a car to, like, write home about. It's an old Camry. But we get into it. And I'm, like, looking at the speedometer. I'm, like, holy shit, we're going 110 on the highway? And he's, like, no, that's funny you mentioned that. It's, like... For some reason, this car is in kilometers per hour. <laughs> Do people speed on the highway? Oh, oh the absolutely. absolutely. I had a guy like, go, by, like, go by me the other day going like 95 miles per hour in a 70. Like he was going 25 <laughs> miles per hour over the speed limit. 
just I, mean, I got cooking. like 20 kilometers per hour with the speed limit, but that's like significantly less than like <laughs> miles per hour. Yeah, like people in certain cars, especially like in sport cars or like in uh, motorcycles, they just they cook. In sport cars. Well, sport cars. Like... Hey, hey, <laughs> leave my sport car alone. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like certain parts of states have like higher speed limits than others so like utah is 85 yeah and i think texas is too yeah um just bigger states like even like because you're probably talking about going up to fort collins right so like when you're going on i-25 north like it's through fucking kind of nothingness so yeah also dungeon cat is here for anyone who's wondering he's just dungeon cat walking on the table he's gonna start smacking nothing's on so he won't he won't yeah shit 85 that's like 136 what the fuck yeah no it's yeah no so my car is like a 2005 ford escape surprise alert there's not a lot of money in podcasting uh and (laughs) when it hits those speeds it vibrates but like not in the the cool way it's more in like the oh my car's going to explode i hope nothing falls off say again i had a teacher in elementary school who um told the story one time where he like missed his exit or whatever um and then he was so pissed that he turned around the other way and then he was like he, he didn't realize he was like speeding until his car started like rattling violently and he realized he was going 190 kilometers per hour whoa that's bad. wow no that's fast that's for bad. us yeah. <laughs> that's bad for anybody <laughs> is he yeah, trying like, to break a land speed record what the hell miles per hour. No, that's bad like that's holy fuck Oh, wow. my goodness. Yeah, he was like, ah, I'm glad I didn't get caught because I'll get my car taken away from that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that's fast. Reckless yeah, I don't driving. know how many demerit the point of that is. What's that's reckless? What? That's stunt <laughs> driving, actually, officially by the law. Well, how fast so... can a moose run? Can can Mounties catch up to cars going that fast? Oh, up from the north, eh, and they 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 pinch their movement in it. I, eh, you like that, yeah. eh? And they there, bud? Yeah, your country they with your bud. reasonable politics That's and your okay. conducive health care. Take that. Can horses do pit maneuvers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, moose I fucking can. <laughs> yeah, moose moose will do whatever they want. Yeah, Canada, it's like America, but everything's better. So do you guys have a spare bedroom we can move into? Right. I hear Ottawa's lovely this time of year. Pre-winter. Ottawa is lovely. I'm in a dorm right now. When you get to Ottawa in winter, in winter we got the canal. We got the Rideau Canal. Oh, yeah. You have a canal? I haven't been there. Yeah, yeah. So so, right. You can go go skating on it in the winter. it's, it's It's the world's biggest and longest outdoor skating rink. So during the winter, the whole Rideau Canal freezes over pretty much open up like what is it like 10 kilometers of it or something yeah. like that gate up and down it's like seven kilometers ones, but like... you can you can eat a beaver tail it will like it's carlton's right at its doorstep and so oh, is yeah. ottawa u so like i i almost skated to school once um <laughs> which was fun Maybe except that's... i didn't get to do it so i mean that's but i got to skate the day afterwards <laughs> pretty cool yeah that sounds Ooh. pretty fucking cool have you I ever mean... had a beaver tail no i have not had a beaver tail Paul. You've eaten a lot of animals. I have emu, kangaroo, <laughs> rattlesnake, oh, actual... human. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> most dangerous game. The most uh, dangerous game. <laughs> you gotta not... kill your own. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've done I've done quite a bit of traveling. I've eaten a lot of various animals. I've had gator. That's about the extent. I mean, of... I was there. You and I both yeah, had like gator with our parents in Florida. out of Florida. Florida. 
I've had Kui, which is guinea pig. That was bad. Just tastes like super gamey. Welcome back to Move to Canada <laughs> and Eat Weird Animal Meat. I don't know. Beaver tails are just pastries. They're oh, they're pastries. Okay, I was oh, like, I'm pretty sure. I beaver thought you tail. were talking about actual beaver tails. <laughs> okay, as a zoologist, chewy. I was like, beaver tails are 100 percent like bone and like keratin. It's like like reinforced oh, keratin. Um, it, it probably has cartilage in there as well as a stabilizer. Yeah. But the outside of the tail is keratin, which is just like hard scoots basically. And oh, I was like, yeah, chewy. Yeah. There we go. So I, I just dropped you guys the link in our little chat so that you can look at what beaver tails actually are. Okay. Etienne is such a Quebec name. What the fuck? All right, let's see. Let's see. Home of the beaver tails. Hold up. This There's a whole little you. town that is known for being the home of beaver tails. We, oh. we have bear claws out here. Is that similar? Uh, maybe. maybe. No, I mean, it looks maybe. pretty different, to be fair. Uh, I think that. there was something I saw one time that was similar to a beaver tail. I can't yeah. remember what it was called, though. I feel like it we're playing like for time constraints. We're really getting off the rails here. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> digressing <laughs> heavily. I mean, I look forward. Like, <clears throat> I think if if you all ever do a one shot that Paul and I get just to be on, so I so that I don't have to be in control of of what's happening and whatnot, I would love this. <laughs> sure, <laughs> just really <laughs> talking about beaver tails and, and various things products we've got a i've got a few ideas in the work for different game systems to do a one shot for so i'll definitely let you know <laughs> perfect imagine the two most min max characters cobbled together by a bunch of people from colorado and that's what you're gonna get <laughs> i that... do love to min max <laughs> i mean i constantly berate paul for it but everyone knows when i play you <laughs> min max just as much <laughs> but it's easier to cast aspersions when it's not me right Everything tastes better on a beaver tails pastry. Ooh. Either make characters who are very similar to myself or very, very different to myself. I mean, that's a good so way to go. Which one is this one? Because <laughs> I have a warforged I have a warforged fighter who is completely not like me. And then Paul was a warforged in our five uh, E one shot. When we did our level twenty five E one shot, I did a warforged fighter and yeah. just murdered everything Beefcake. I came in contact with. His name was Beefcake. Oh, mine's name is Thog. <laughs> That's just yeah, as about well. to say that's 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 pretty on point for both of you to be honest. Yeah. That's good. I like it, man. I love it. And then Tassa's sort of based on me. Mm. I originally like started basing around me, and then she was like, her personality is quite different. I don't tell anybody else in the podcast, but Tassa's one of my most favorite characters. Ian, yes. cover your ears. <laughs> Cormus is good too, Ian. Don't worry. Thank you. Is it because You're of welcome. the like five pages of backstory I gave you? I mean. Partially, but also Tass is like the one of the nicest people in the party, compared to like. I like being nice. Other in people, video games and tabletops and stuff. Like it growl, makes me feel happy inside. Like like Noah's character. Remy is very hard to play because I have to be mean. About to say, I feel like Remy is somewhat reminiscent of you, but like you, after you haven't gotten sleep for a couple days and are like <laughs> really at the end of your road. Just rope. came off a double shift. Yeah, I came off a double shift, <laughs> and like some person just cut you off in traffic. And in that moment, you're like, I Remy hope that person's car explodes. And instead of saying sorry, you <gasps> w you wish. Oh, I get so <laughs> mad. Okay, I get so mad when I'm driving. It's not fun. <laughs> you know, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this wheel. I'm gonna turn it back. Y'all are in space. <laughs> We're in space. <laughs> Knocked out this spaceship. Yeah, you just knocked out this space. Ready to go full EVA with no suit. I've got uh, a spacesuit actually. Well, interesting. So I bought one. Spectre doesn't have to. Spectre doesn't breathe, right? 
No, he doesn't. Yeah. He can just yeet out of the ship whenever he wants. He's just yeet out of yeet. <laughs> yeah. I was like, did I hear that right? He said yeet out of the ship. Uh, so you all just disabled this, uh, the endless Thranodi. They are listing through space in rather lazy fashion. I'm going to read you a little bit of flavor text. Ooh. So the endless Thranodi drifts just outside the forward viewport. The enormous corpse fleet starship bristles with bone spurs and a baleful red lens at its fore that resembles a swollen and bloody eye. Crackles of dark energy leap across those bone spurs, discharging from the ruined ship's necromantic power sources. With a burst of static and a flash, a blue-hued hologram of Venture Captain Arvin appears at the Lore Seeker's communication station. Excellent work. The Elnistrinodi is incapacitated, but not pulverized. I need you to board that vessel, access the bade computers at the bridge, and recover the coordinates for the missing Starfinder vessel's crash site. That energy's signature looks dangerous, and those discharges may damage your hull. Dock at the cargo bay at the rear of the ship and make your way forward to the bridge. Wear spacesuits if your armor can't protect you from vacuum. There are a few spacesuits in the storage lockers in the cargo bay. The Oxian ships do not have life support and are often exposed to space. So be careful, Starfinders. And take care. And he zaps away just as quick. What do y'all want to do? Eat. Oh, so I thought it out of there. <laughs> wait, 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 Anna, did you say yeet or neat? Yeet. Yeet. Okay, so yeet you did indeed there. yeet out of there. I'm going to cram space. First uh, and foremost. Spectre is going to say, Hold, aren't we not able to direct to immediately communicate with Starfinder HQ? Um, oh, that's a good point. So go ahead. Uh, give me a computer check real quick. That was that was gonna be my Peters. question. Was like, how did he know we <laughs> took out the ship when we're in the drift? Total of ten. Uh, you would assume that either he pre-recorded some information that just reached you, in hopes that you weren't incapacitated, because the the resulting effort would have dictated that if you were incapacitated and useless, you wouldn't receive the message because you'd all be dead, or that there may be a drift beacon nearby that you could sort out. However you're having a tough time working the computers and the fray of everything to really log into what's happening. You also would imagine that if okay. it was a direct signal, he'd be able to stick around to answer some of your questions, but it seems like whatever it was, was a canned response at the very least. Okay. Well, he said there's, I still think it's kind of sus. It is pretty suspect, but in here, Mm. Self-destruct activated. Yes. Oh no! <laughs> I'm gonna die. The secret dies with you. <laughs> um, skate pod, skate pod now. Yeah. I think Spectre just that. eats himself out into space. <laughs> Specter does his promise <laughs> and just eats himself out into space <laughs> as he flosses away from. Adios. <laughs> Hold on, where's that? Oh my god, there's an image. There's an image. I need to find the image. Just, just, uh. just. You ever wonder if you could floss in zero G? You totally can. Oh. Inspector's just doing yeah. it out of the the port viewport, <laughs> and then he flips everybody off as he fades into the distance. <laughs> All right, let's get. To, well, yeah. Anna searches for that sweet image. Uh, what does the crew hope to do? You are at the helm, Jet, currently. Um, 
Right. Uh, yes. Um, they are moving away from oh, you. Oh, you know what I should have done? I should have seen if I could help. It could have helped Spectre do his check, but that's unfortunate. Oh well. You could have tried to aid, uh, but I mean, like, mm. to be fair, you were sent for a purpose. The way the drift works and the beacons, like, mm. it isn't as suspect as you may assume. If your ship had exploded and he was like, "Sorry, it didn't work out, Starfinders," and then like disappeared, <laughs> that would have been bad. <laughs> Because you're like, how do you know he exploded? I mean, oh, at least um, we know yeah. he's optimistic. <laughs> That's <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Uh, if there's so, one thing I'm a fan um, of, it's definitely space docking. <laughs> Let's go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to dock the ship. I guess. Yeah, nothing else to do. So roll me a, a piloting check just to match speed and line oh, up. Oh, you want me to roll you a piloting check? Let's see how well I can do this time. It's okay. The last episode, you definitely did bad all the time. So. I, obviously, uh, I rolled a 17 plus uh, 8 plus so 1 because of the ship. So that's, yeah. that's, that's uh, 17 really plus. I thought episode. you rolled a 17. Holy shit. A natural 17, Alex. <sighs> natural 17. <laughs> right. Why'd I even ask? So, anyway. My dice are doing. My face <laughs> did horribly on like episode 1, and ever since they started to actually roll well. That's fair. Anna, how are your new dice doing? Are they treating you decently well, somewhere in the middle? Pretty good. Pretty I good. mean, they're Pretty not good. too bad. I've rolled a few nat twenties with them already. There you go. There, that's that's fair. Well, I'll say they look really cool, so I'm gonna use them anyway. But space. I have two other things though, like backup dice in case. Oh, my sweet summer child! Your backup dice will have backup <laughs> dice, which will have backup <laughs> dice for your backup <laughs> dice, and then you'll feel nostalgic for the first dice that you prematurely ostracized and want him back. Yeah. I mean, we've I made, like, dice jails and stuff uh, just because we've gotten mad at our dice before. Uh, I do have favorite dice that I roll, and they roll like shit, and then I set them aside. I'm just like, but you're so beautiful. I got metal dice for days. Go back to me. Come back to me. So as Jet lines up the ship, the the stabilizer uh, thrusters shoot off slowly, managing to flip around the lore keeper. And it manages to get its docking bay just so aligned with the rear docking bay of this larger ship. And as you pull closer, you do realize it's about twice the size of your ship. It was almost deceptive, and from a distance, perhaps you were the same size. But you line up, and as described by Venture Captain Arvin, the energy is arcing around it in a dangerous manner. But the cargo bay, perhaps being empty of these vessels, or just having whatever systems knocked out in the aft part of the ship isn't arcing this energy. And you manage to get close enough where you are confident you'll be able to get from one cargo bay to the other. Now, you won't be able to use a docking bay to docking bay lock, which means you will be in vacuum if only for 30, 40 feet. But you also know that standard armor as it exists has the capability to protect you from vacuum. So you're somewhat confident. <laughs> you assume that I'm wearing basic armor. <laughs> I have a flight suit. Station wears flight suit. <laughs> then you're then well. You're also, as you said before, there are spacesuits in the rear of the ship in the docking bay itself. So you can. I'm going to put that my on. own spacesuit that I bought with my own money because I didn't know that we would have them on the ship. <laughs> in case uh, that guy that just sent you a mysterious message just poked a bunch of holes in that spacesuit. He's like, good luck in those spacesuits. <laughs> uh... That's fair. I trust no one. <laughs> Don't think he's sus. <laughs> I'm not. I wish I could argue with you, but I mean everything you're saying makes sense. So it's a 
it's a little suspect. Um, so, uh, the four of you, you're, you're in, orbit's a bad word, but you basically have matched velocity, matched rotation, and you are confident you'd be able to move from one ship to the other without the other ship being diverted or floating away. Awesome. I'm putting on my space suit. Uh, I'm putting on my space suit. Okay. You know what? Since it's my own spacesuit, can I have, like, a special batch that I have put on it saying, like, Mechanic Daddy or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't do that. <laughs> no, I, no. No, no, no. Anna. Leap. No, no, no. As a GM, let me take the helm here. No, no, no. You have Leap a special... Back. No, you have a special spacesuit name tag, and it says, Mama Special Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Across no, the left tanky. breast, engraved in glistening gold, and then Gear has his own spacesuit, though he doesn't need one. It's more or less like a no. sack with like a viewfinder on it that just says Mama's Specials Boy's Special Orb. <laughs> and you're both standing there waiting proud in your spacesuits for the rest of your compatriots to catch up. I'd also like to put make sure the gears is actually loaded with his flare. Okay. Yeah, so I, I will say that gear does have his flare ready to go. Is there any? Are there any like small arms? Yeah, that he can use instead of a flare gun, like a blaster pistol or anything, like on the ship. Well, due to the fact that he's an automaton, uh, he does have small arms in which he uses to actuate uh, various things. Right, but Mm -hmm. I think we have an extra blaster pistol instead of a flare gun. Due to his size, his arms are small. So I have a... Oh, my a, God. I have a... <laughs> Ian! No. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> Even if you're upset by my joke, I'll still take it. <laughs> God. <laughs> That's the quality you can expect. Uh, yeah, you do have uh, a couple... Pause, pause for edit, please. <laughs> <laughs> you have a couple of extra azimuth laser pistols that you probably could outfit gear with, and his battery, and it'd probably be fine. Sweet. I want to yeah, see well, this little has, fucking orb fly around stand, with two pistols. Like, switch it out. Yeah. It only has he only has one weapon stand, so we can only hold one weapon. You just need to shift it out. Yeah. So uh, do you choose to shift it out? I guess is the question. Sure. All right. Perfect. So, yeah, yeah. We did get an extra azimuth laser pistol. So def- three. Yeah. Actually. Oh, did we? Yeah. So well, all three of them had an azimuth laser pistol on them. Sweet. So uh, awesome. yeah. Uh, Gears got one. Great. I'll I'll use my because I have two batteries. I will put one of my batteries for Gears pistol and the other one in my pistol. Then cool. Actually, so you also picked charged. up you picked up three additional batteries as well. I believe one had eighteen oh. charges, the other two had twenty, because the one person was basically firing on Gear until they approached and hit them with their power hammer. Um, but you have extra batteries as well. So, however they distributed, you can probably just lend a battery to Gear, and everyone else still has standard uh, equipment. <clears throat> Awesome. Awesome. So I have free booter armor, and I don't know. Like, is there anything that explicitly says that it has space capabilities? In Starfinder, all things marked armor have vacuum capability. Okay. So second skin armor, free booter armor. Owen's right. His flight suit does not. Okay. Yeah, that would be the exception. So I have free booter armor, Mark 1. So then I am already ready for the vacuum of space. You're good to go. Remy, how are you feeling? What you doing? You got armor? You angry? I have armor, but it, does it work in space? It does. It should. Or do what's, I, okay. It's like second skin armor, so I'm not sure if it like covers my entire face yeah, or anything it, in like, space. 
It does. So it doesn't normally cover your space. Uh, cover your face. Cover your space. It doesn't normally like cover your face. Uh, it is, but but you can like basically like tic tac some stuff into your wrist, and it will cover you and provide you with protection from vacuum. Neat. And then, as we've all mentioned before, Spectre will probably like everything's like talking, putting on spacesuits. And Spectre's already floating in space, flipping double birds as he floats across to uh, the, <laughs> the, the cargo bay. <laughs> He, he, he's, make, he's making sure he's got one he's got one hand on his fedora the entire time so that it doesn't go floating off no one could hear you when you're dapper in space because <laughs> has you, you have look at him and he tips the hat oh no <laughs> he, he says something but you can't make it out because it's you know <laughs> a vacuum space yeah and then he uses his communicator to, to get it across <laughs> alright uh yeah Nadim's gonna float across. All right, so and get to this uh, this bay. So Nadim floats. I assume Spectre follows. Uh, Jet and Gear and Remy, do you also follow? Yeah. Perfect. Of course. So you all breach across the the chasm. Uh, there there should be six of them in here. To what? Based off a of scan. Oh, there were six of crew members the on their people. ship. Oh yeah. There's... Spectre's gonna. Draw his survival knife and Can pull out I his pistol. For anything, is there anything on this ship of value? <laughs> uh, you have to board it first to find that out. It's a fair okay, question. Okay, can I board it? <laughs> you you are. You're, that's you're that's in, what we're doing. You're yeah. in the midst of floating okay. through space to get there. I see. Uh, you you're captive by the gravity free well, slowly but surely, making your way towards the cargo bay. You kind of hit. And as inertia is wont to do, you push back against the sides of the ship, not on purpose, but by accident, managing to stabilize yourselves. Spectre, taking his time, manages to figure out the keys and opens the cargo bay itself. As you float in, you find the cargo bay is mostly empty. Uh, There isn't much there. There are giant cracks in the hull far bigger than you'd ever expect. Uh, Very indicative of the fact that there really is no need for a life support system. Though you do note amongst the one or two cargo cases an access terminal that is sticking out of the midpoint of a wall. And that is what the four of you see. Also gear. So you said there's a couple like larger crates type. There's probably as you look around, there's three crates. In okay. Uh, I yeah, I just want to make sure that like as we approach the terminal, that like one Nadine has his uh, assault hammer out, okay. but also that he's like looking for like anyone that might kind of like jump out. So he's he's kind of like I think he's leading the party a little bit because okay. he's the kind of frontline guy. The best. Um, and so he's keeping a very keen eye out on if anything's going to like jump out or like hiding behind these crates. So he's moving forward carefully and slowly. All right, Jet, what are you and Gear doing? Um, just locking. I, I have my gun out. Gear is just going to be behind me. I'm just going to follow. Okay. Remy, what are you up to? Um, can we hear each other right now, or... You can. You have communicators in your suits uh, that allow you to, to speak to each other. 
You can't hear anything outside your suits, which is maybe a little bit strange, but you can't hear each other. I want to ask Jet what gear stands for. <laughs> you are like back to back guns drawn pointing at stuff hey what does gear stand for I'm just curious Jeff. you hear the gear stands for general engineering application robot over oh my god Bane's here <laughs> Another question. could you actually hear me when I said that or yeah. yes Okay, just making sure that wasn't heard who I was to put on the mask. Another question. I have another question. Is Jet your real name? Yes. <laughs> oh, shoot. That was His he real name is Percival Pennyfeather. It's short for Jethrip. Jet and MacArthur over. Cool. Spectre, what are you doing while this <laughs> irreverent <laughs> conversation is happening? Do you make, do you bake Remy? Over. <laughs> do I, do I bake? <laughs> what? Yes, over. <laughs> um, sometimes. <laughs> what about cooking over? <laughs> um, not much. Oh my god. Do you control someone else to cook for you? <laughs> Occasionally. Spectre's gonna take a look in the crates. I'm just gonna roll some dice real quick. Don't worry about it. While you're all having. Oh power. God. Don't worry about it. Spectre's gonna look in the crates. Uh, Remy wants to like look for cool stuff. You said there were three of them. Uh, no, Remy can't look for cool stuff. Damn, She's super having an in-depth conversation about baking techniques I'm with Jen. How much she loves Martha Stewart and Julia Child. <laughs> well, you see, <laughs> it's important in space to realize that no gravity makes souffles rise too large. Um. <laughs> no. <laughs> My souffle, it's ruined. <laughs> Roll a souffle check. Uh, I do I have profession cooking, so like... I'm very offended by this. Yeah, good. Um, as Spectre, as is a fourteen, you know what your supply is isn't ruined. Okay? Yeah, it's basically okay. Like maybe I'm someone good, can okay. tell it's zero G, but they're like still gonna be okay. No, it's based off elevation that you adjust the temperature with. Okay, and so based on the elevation at Absalon Station, you're fourteen million miles above sea level. Yeah. yeah. So there's Sorry. a formula for that. Light years, fourteen million light years above sea level. Yeah. Yeah. There's right. a formula for that. <laughs> I don't know Spectre, offhand. Spectre floats <laughs> towards the crates. Uh, as you approach them, Spectre, you realize that they're magnetized. You jostle them a little bit, and they don't move. Uh, there is a keypad that kind of is inset into the crate. What do you do? Jet, can you come over here, please, and hack this? Oh, what? Wait, wait. Sorry. One moment. Uh, actually, let me send over. And I'm going to send over gear to do it. <laughs> get the hell over here. So gear gear floats over uh, and is uh, right next to you. He takes out a probe, interfaces with the crate. You watch it kind of spin in place for a little while. All the lights on the panel go green and it <laughs> opens. Inside, there seems to be nothing 
of super import. You see kind of some standard cloth clothing. You also notice some protein cubes. Um, is the clothing purple? It is not. I'm just just wondering. It is of a, It's actually a kind of a darkish navy. Uh, you'd imagine oh, it'd be right. some sort of overalls or a work uniform that uh, mechanics would use. Additionally to the protein cubes, you also see some bulbs, uh, and there is a clear liquid inside the bulbs. Do I have any idea what these might be? Go ahead and roll me in a perception check, if you'd be so kind, Ian. Yeah, I think with the the crate opening, Nadim would kind of put his attention a little bit towards that, too, so he's interested in what's inside. You're a little so bit too far away. away. The access terminal, uh, which you're kind of, like, scouting is a little bit far away. Okay. Yeah, he's going to... He's going to kind of turn and like head that direction, though. Uh, 19. Uh, you look and you realize, especially as they're exposed to the open, airless vacuum, and they slowly crystallize and freeze, that they're more than likely bulbs of just water. It seems that it's a rations and like clothing crate. You don't know why yeah. it's on the ships. Perhaps it's an artifact of when they first took it. But otherwise, that's it. It seems fairly mundane. Okay. Do the, do the other two crates look similar to this crate? They look the exact same. And what, especially Spectre, kind of like okay. you knowing for colonization reasons and just being mm-hmm. part of those parties, you recognize them as outfitting crates for colonists. And seeing okay. how they are spaced radically... Uh, that these ones, they're the magnetic um, mechanisms that hold them to the side. They just haven't failed as of yet, but they've been left behind due to a lack of importance. Sad robot noises. <laughs> beep, boop. <laughs> beep. Beep. Is that because the oxygens don't really need clothes and or water? Roll me and a culture check. Anyone who, uh, anyone, everyone's kind of watching this. Anyone who has culture uh, can roll this check. Sure. Sure, I will roll a culture check. Sure, not one. Not one. Yeah. Oh. So I did Sad robot noises. <laughs> the robot noises continue sadly. I have, oh, I have plus six in that. Hold on. I, I got a six plus seven, so that is well, a 13. I got an 11. An 11. So the two of you, uh, I mean, you kind of conclude that you're like, yeah, it's more than likely just left behind due to the fact that there's no need for them. Or Eoxians, at least. Interesting. At least on this ship. Yeah. So you've inspected those... Well, not those three crates, but you've inspected that one crate, and then there's still the access terminal that is left. Now, this is a, a decently large cargo hold. It's around 80 feet wide, 80 feet long, about 40 feet high. It only has those three crates inside, which also kind of alludes to the fact that they've been forgotten and... Whatever may have been lost in the vacuum of space, no one has cared for otherwise. Big cargo hold. It's a big ship. Yeah. Is Uh, there any way to try to deduce if this was like a a ship that was occupied by other people and then Eoxians took it over, like like pirated, like overpowered, and like roll me an engineering check. 
that. Anyone else can roll me an engineering check as well, because you're all probably like wandering around inspecting the corners. Okay. I mean, like I have Professor hey. Bounty Hunter, which like really takes a lot 21. of like those minute things together. So. I got a twelve. Twenty-one. I got a twelve. So eighteen. No, that's wrong. Hold on. Yes, no, it's right. Eighteen. Eighteen. So Remy Inspector, as you look around. You definitely noticed that, and perhaps you've come across it before. You know that Eoxians, they mesh engineering and, and like the occult, and they, they make their ships move through space using this. This was, at one point in time, a actual freighter that probably either helped colonize worlds or or was more important in the fact of like moving cargo from point A to point B but it was stolen and it was outfitted with this bone that has all this energy jumping between it the the disrepair it has fallen into is solely because it has no reason to be upkept so you're looking and you're certain that this was once a ship for one reason that the corpse fleet has repurposed for a far more menacing one very sad, very loud, sad robot noises. <laughs> <laughs> Beep, boop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I've metagamed far enough right now, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> so there is an exit uh, that is farther in. So you've come in through those doors, which are now open, which seems almost purposeless. Uh, there's an exit. It leads farther into the ship. Uh, there's a terminal next to that exit, and there's also a terminal that is next to the entrance you just came through. But that is, outside of everything else you have noticed, all you see. So the cargo <clears throat> hold door was open, or...? You managed to open it without much trouble. Okay. Specifically, like, Spectre like, yeah. just keyed in a couple of, like... It's like when you're trying to bypass a computer. Like, you do, like password for password you're like one 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 two three four five six like just these standard things they because of you assume because of the gaps in the ship that they'd never bothered to repurpose the locks at least for the entrance to the cargo bay like they don't care enough to yeah like it's Mm. disposable enough that they don't care enough to i mean like whatever's happening on the ship that wasn't their top priority okay do you want to move deeper into the ship yes I think Nadim is going to medu- er, move deeper into the ship. All right. Slowly and carefully. Spectre, Jet, Remy, what are you all doing? Where are we right now? So you're yeah, all... I'm going with them. Yeah, so Spectre back. and Remy, you're kind of hanging out around a crate that is to the eastern wall. Uh, Jet, you are still at the entrance to the cargo bay, but Gear is hanging out with Spectre and Remy right now. So, Spectre and Remy are kind of like halfway through the cargo hold. Nadim is floating further into the cargo hold towards the entrance into the crater ship at large. And then, Jet, you're all the way still kind of back there, probably with like a gun out, just okay. checking your corners, being yep. careful. Yep. I'm gonna... Sort of like, I know I control gear, but Jet's still gonna like wave his hand. Come on, and Gear's gonna follow him, and we're gonna follow Nadim. Okay. And then uh, Spectre and Remy? Uh, yeah, Spectre's going to have his semi-auto pistol and survival knife out. 
I'll, yeah, I'll pull my gun out, just in case. You float to the door in the rear of the cargo bay, and it is sealed with an access terminal to the left of it. Hmm. I'm not good with computers. Hmm. Somebody should probably... Computers? I can do that. That's a job for yes. you. <laughs> Uh, Jet's gonna come up and do it himself. Do I, do you want a computer check for this? Uh, so you float over to the. What do you want to do with the computer? Yeah. So it um, you you open it up and it uh, seems like it has yeah. access to the full network inside the ship. Awesome. Well, the first thing I'm gonna do to th is try to pull up a schematic, maybe. Yeah. Or go. some sort of way. Sounds I was good. about to say look for life forms, but we're the only life forms on it, really. So <laughs> that, that's that's a fair point. Uh, go ahead and roll me that computer check for the schematic. Yes. Okay, so that's a ten plus eight, so eighteen. So you bypass easily uh, whatever firewalls were there, and you see this kind of thing streaming, like, and it gives you a schematic. It's a little tough to tell. It seems like there's three major portions of the ship: the cargo bay that you were in, a hallway corridor. That probably acts as maybe a crew quarter slash mess slash head slash like general living area and then a bridge. Uh, as mm. you continue to watch and look through, you notice some red text pop up. And the red text, as you would know as someone who works with ships, as someone who works with computers on ships, is added code for recognition of infrastructure that previously wasn't there. And you see hmm. in that that it mentions four necromantic generators that exist on this ship. Uh, and kind of reading and like running your finger across that you know that this ship does not require necromantic generators. And so it kind of gives you a moment of pause. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Why don't you roll me a... Anybody know anything about necromantic generators? Because I don't know. As, as yet kind of calls out, uh, anyone with engineering hearing the word necromantic, because you were previously, the data pad you went through before made mention of them, but maybe oh, being yeah. in the situation now gives you a little more information as to what they are. So everyone roll me engineering right. if you have it. Sure. Engineering. I got 15. a 28. 28. So Jet I definitely knows. <laughs> Just like, wait a moment, I do know. Inspector uh -huh. and Nadim, do you have engineering? Just ask. I do not. I do. I got an 18. 18. So, Spectre and Jet, like, you hear the word necromantic, and you know that there are these pseudo-mystical cores that exist. As you continue to purview the schematics of the ship, you see that in the central quarter, this living quarter, there are four generators that exist. They are dispelling this dark energy. You think back for a moment to seeing the outside of the ship, and you realize that this arcing, almost like negative space that fills with these white boundaries and cascades off of these metal uh, edifices is probably being produced by this necromantic energy. You also know that it produces this otherworldly cold that, that causes pain and desperation. As you're like tip-tapping with that higher computer check before, it fills in with this binary line. It goes, do you wish 
to shut down these cores, question mark, and it leaves a flashing blinker. Want to turn down the cores? I think we should turn off the cores. Anyone? Anyone? I, I think we should. Right. Yeah. I'm going to yes. type in, I'm going to, yeah, yes, or, oh. Why yeah, okay, my, my computer coding skills just tell me to write yes. <laughs> they're, they're, they're the button. Press the button. The yes is good, but you probably would know. Just a Y enter probably would have done for for coding purposes. Roll me a computer check, please. Sure. Um, would you like to play thermonuclear war? Yeah, would you like uh, to play thermonuclear war? I rolled a, I rolled another 20. That's a 28. Good God. Yeah. Uh, oh, you I, see, oh, and you, you type yes, and then it asks... Uh, how to bypass power and you realize you know like some some intricate power code that allows you to relay it to prevent klaxons from going off air recyclers from stopping doors from opening like switching over to emergency backups all these things that when you turn off main power sources would immediately seem strange if not for like a breach of atmosphere but a breach of atmosphere in this system would be normal right but mm -hmm. your deft fingers move across, and you watch this cascade of code start forming, and it goes, core four down, core two down, and it stops. Everything turns red, and it says, core two, core four off. But that's all it says. And it says, error repeating over and over again just flashing in the field you were successful but you were only successful in turning off two of those four cores uh, <laughs> well better than nothing um that's a shame don't wait to like check still got two more. the that was interrupted by another process like somebody else has like root access that was able to yeah jet could try to try to uh figure that out so jet you dive a little deeper and you see that the damage in the hall and the gaps between the spaces has for whatever reason destroyed or decayed part of the hard lines and that no one stopped you from doing what you were doing it was in fact some sort of mid connection which prevented the cores from accessing the main terminal and then being told to turn off. So nothing you did has alerted anybody. It's just that the ship is in such disrepair that whatever you had just done didn't manage to make all of the key steps it had to to turn off all of the cores. Well, um, so there's just there's too damage for us to turn everything off. So we need to do something else, or. There may be some kind Deal of stuff in another override way. we need to to do ourselves. I think we might need to venture further into the ship and shut them all down ourselves. That's unfortunate. All right, let's go. Right. Is there actually? I'm gonna try one thing. I'm gonna try to use the computer to find to see if I can find the the location of the crew members on the ship. I just want to see if it potentially might track the crew members. Although yeah. I'm not sure if there's a way for me to do that. Yeah, no, go ahead and roll me another computer check with another computer check with that explicit purpose. Okay, so that's uh, seven plus, and that would be a 
Uh, 15. 15. So you roll that and you type it in and something that you did previously caused a short. So it has rerouted itself again and it tries to um, carry out that command and just goes error, 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 error. Oh, well. Just flashing again. So whatever the command was previously has definitely hamstrung you from using this terminal further. Well, let's move on to either another one or we just go find people and do some stuff. <laughs> do we need this terminal to open up the day or the the bay from the cargo to the next area we're trying to get into? You would, but yeah. unfortunately that is oh. now fried. <laughs> so we have to However, okay. Spectre, roll me a perception check. Perception check. Mm-hmm. Perception check. Okay, 25. 25. So while this is happening, Spectre, you are watching all this go down. Maybe you lose a little interest because it's not exactly your forte. And you see sparking wires over to the right. As you look at the wires and look at the door, you assume that you could probably use those wires to open the door. Hmm. Well, Hmm. I'm going to go try to do that. Uh, I have proficiency in engineering. I also have profession electrician, if that helps me at all. Yeah, that definitely helps <laughs> It doesn't you. hurt. It, does, oh, it certainly wait, doesn't oh. hurt. A profession master electrician. <laughs> wait a moment. You could have fixed that thing in the beginning. Go ahead and <laughs> roll me. I didn't see it. Roll me. Uh, so I'll give you a plus two for having that profession electrician on top of it. Roll me an engineering check with that plus two. Uh, I'm very glad I have that plus two. <laughs> uh, Which is higher, your profession 13. electrician or your professor or your uh, engineering? Uh, both of them are plus six. Okay, yeah, so get that plus two then. Yeah, I've got a total of 13. 13, yeah, so while this is all happening and like various error messages are being flashed across the screen jet kind of turns around and he's like well we probably should go inside but i don't know how to and as he says that the doors go and open up and you're just holding these two wires together and you kind of let them go and you probably walk through Spectre. the open door it's like hot wiring Spectre a car like you rip a bunch of wires out of the dashboard <laughs> and what does Spectre Spectre do? tips his fedora and goes beep boop walk <laughs> through the door and you all recognize that as happy robot noises oh <laughs> Nadim follows very closely, if not slightly outpacing Spectre through the door. As you continue to walk, you come across a branching corridor inside the endless Thronodi. Now, these bulkheads are not made of solid metal and plastic, but a lattice of enchanted bone and steel a metal grating on the floor provides stable footing but the walls have gaps large enough to fit a fist through the passage splits and then recombines in a manner eerily reminiscent of being inside a giant rib cage at the far end so you all find yourself at the northernmost point coming out of the cargo bay seeing it split into these three different hallways that make up, you would assume, the living quarter of the ship. 
Nadim sees kind of this like central spine and then two like kind of outer uh, walkways that are parallel to it. And he says to the group, I don't know if going through the, the, the center is the best choice. I think we might want to stick to the outskirts. I think we should swing wide. The lights in the middle of the ship flicker on and off. Shapes take form, fall away. The various sharp angles and gaping entrances to space and machinery deceive what may actually be there. That is what lays before Nadim. Hey, Remy. What? You know the living quarters near here? Uh, the, the what? Living quarters. The living quarters? What yes. Else? Probably got some good stuff in it, yeah? Over. I'm heading over. Good on you. Over. Can I go to the living quarters? <laughs> um. I have, uh, I don't know if this. Sorry, I already forgot if you said that like there was uh, lighting difficulties because I have low light and dark vision out to a range of sixty feet. So, I so then you are unencumbered. You are unencumbered by what you're seeing. Others okay. may be. As you begin to stir, you see things looming in the darkness. As the shapes of humans begin to appear. You also notice that certain parts of the hallways are encrusted in ice. One skeleton shifts and twists its head, opens its muscleless mouth, and screeches. Let's roll for initiative. <laughs> what? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Shut up, stop being a baby. <laughs> you are home. 17. I have a 10. I got a natural 20, 24. Nadim got a 13. But the scary what thing is, I rolled a 20 and I only okay. had it 4. 18, 18, 18. Spectre, what is your bonus to initiative? My bonus is plus 4. So, a skeletal crew member gets to go first. So you all are in the north, on the westernmost corridor. You just hear as this skeleton just runs up the gangplank, double moving to get within just a claw's distance of Jet, Spectre, and Remy. Spectre, it is your turn. Okay, I'm going to trick attack him. Hit him. And uh, something that's actually very interesting that I didn't realize before is that trick attack also inflicts flat-footed if I land it. Yeah, yeah, it can. Uh, as long, it depends on what feet. There's like a, a trick attack feat that you can take. That No, but actually it's in trick. It's in the trick attack ability. It's if you succeed at the check, you deal 1d4 additional damage and the target is flat-foot and the target is flat-footed. I'm sorry, I actually meant to say that you do 1d4 additional damage and the target is flat-footed. 
Uh, I don't know what anyone else heard, but I meant to say that. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. The vacuum of space might have distorted. Yeah, sorry. But... Nah, nah. Sorry, it's a little tough in this vacuum. Uh, but yeah. go ahead and uh, go ahead and roll that trick attack. Okay, stealth check. Uh, so the DC is twenty plus his challenge rating. I got a twenty-two. That beats twenty. So you're good. All right, and I'm going to. Uh, I I'm hitting him with my survival knife. All right. Uh, ugh. ten. Ten. You go ugh as you stab it in its head, disconnecting its skull from its very body, and it falls into a rotten and useless heap on the ground. So upset with yourself that you just, I assumed, murder your opponent because he is no longer alive. Uh, it is another skill. No, so, so it was a 10 to hit. Oh, a 10 to hit? But flat-footed because... Although I, I will take 10 to... No, so it was... Yes, it was the the 20 with my stealth check. It was the 10 to hit against uh, KAC. Ah. He's okay. <laughs> my, <laughs> my apologies. Um, another skeleton. Runs up right along Nadim. And another one of these skeletal crew members also runs to get within striking distance. Remy, it is your turn. Me? Mm-hmm. Okay, is that thing diagonal for me? Is that a skeleton? It is. I want to shoot it. Alright, it will get an attack of opportunity on you if you shoot it from where you are. Oh, fuck. Okay, well, whatever. You can, well, guard you can use your move action oh, can I step back as a first guarded and then shoot step. It? Yeah, you can. Exactly. So you can take okay. a five-foot guarded step as your move action there. and then shoot from that yeah. I'm gonna shoot it now. Never mind. A three does not hit. I doubt. <laughs> three does not hit. Nadim, it is your turn. Nadim has his warhammer out and three empty hands, and he takes a swing with his warhammer. That probably doesn't hit a nine. Against KAC, misses. Miss. And then he's going to take a. Uh, oh, as his move action, he is going to enact his entropic defense of an adjacent ally. He doesn't have an entropy pool because he hasn't taken any damage yet. Well, no, it says as a move action, you can designate a willing adjacent ally as an entropic focus. Ah. They remain an entropic focus until the beginning of your next turn unless they cease to be adjacent to you or you designate a new one. If your focus takes damage equal to or greater than twice your character level from a single attack or effect, uh, you gain entropy points, essentially. So he's going to uh, use his move action to create this like mental entropic link with Spectre. And if Spectre gets hit, he's going to pull from that entropy. All right. Is one of the other skeleton crew's members turn moving closer now boxing in all of you specter and nadine jet gear and remy included for the first time though another one of these skeletal aberrations moves 
and takes a swing at Nadim. 22 to hit. That'll hit. He does. Seven points of damage. Good God. Jet, it is your turn. There's so many of these. Okay. Um, how, how big is the ceiling, by the way? Just, just it's about 30 feet above you. I would say 30 okay, feet. Okay, no, that's good. I'm, I'm just making sure that I could be in the same space as gear is. In a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, which should be fine. So I'm going to take a guarded step back. And then I'm going to shoot my shot at the skelly boy who's right in front of me. Yeah, shoot your shot. Shoot my shot. Um, with my azimuth laser pistol. And that's a... That's a ranged attack. That is a 13. That hits. Against the AC. That hits. Ooh, cool. Um, so it would be... Oh, azimuth laser pistol is... Is that against the KAC Smith laser? Or is it against... It's E. Yeah, so you're good. Against- okay, I'm just gonna write that down here. This is against EAC. Great. So that does um, four uh, four fire damage. Four fire damage. You hit him, and you burn off like part of his clothing, and like you scour part of his bones. But he stands ready to fight. Now- his gears turn. Now, yeah, as gear each on my turn, um, your drone can make either a move action or a standard attack action. So gear is going to make a standard attack action um, from where I am. And gear is going to... Oh, the flare gun would actually deal more damage on a hit. But you don't (laughs) have a flare gun. It won't, actually. Never mind. That's wrong. I was looking at the critical hit damage, not the actual damage. Um, So gear is going to shoot. And gear is actually better at shooting than I am. Uh, by one. <laughs> Your character's gonna get a girlfriend when who's gonna leave you for a year? Yes. <laughs> the tragic so that's tale. A, that's a 15. So that hits. I'm guessing that hits with the Asimus later, and that's gonna be uh, three, three fire damage. So, Jet and Gear step up. Jet <clears throat> wings it, and then Gear steps up, and it disappears into a pile of ash. Aha. Hey. Um, I, I give Gear a high five. Gear with, doesn't. Gear's gear an orb, so you just kind of knock it against the wall, and no, it no, like no, shakes to reset itself. He does have an arm, by the way. He has uh, two tiny little arm, robotic arms. I like the the version where you just smack him against the wall. Uh, <laughs> <a> skeleton <laughs> coming from the east approaches and goes to attack Nadim. Nine to hit. Miss. Miss. All right. Shockingly. Top of the order again. It is Spectre's turn. Ooh. Oh, I'm gonna trick attack the. Uh, I'm going to trick attack uh, this guy. All right, the one to the south of you. Go ahead and try and heal. Yep. So the stealth thing is a 28. That hits. Yeah. Tricky. And to hit, I've got a natural one. Hmm. <laughs> Go ahead and roll to confirm that fumble. Uh oh. Uh, D20? Yep, yeah. go ahead, roll the D20. Another another two hit. Oh, uh, five plus three, so eight. That is 
A fumble. <laughs> is that our first fumble of this campaign? Absolutely, it is. Oh, yeah. Ian, do me the greatest of favors. Roll me a d10, please. Five. Five. Your head is ringing. You are staggered for one uh, d2 rounds. Let me go ahead and roll that one d2 for you. Let's see what's happening with you. Oh, that's two rounds. Let me just read that sweet, sweet verbiage for staggered. You can take only a single move or standard action each round. You cannot take reactions, but can take swift actions as normal. Looks like that trick attack of yours is going to have to stay in the background, at least for the conceivable future. From there, it's another skeletal crew's turn. Taking another swing at Nadim, really trying to put him down. 19 to hit. That hits. Against KAC, raises a bony claw to the sky. Two points of damage. It is another skeletal crew member's turn. Fills in the void of his fallen brethren, raising another bony hand to the sky against Spectre, bringing it down. 19 to hit. That's going to do it. Good God, what are you rolling over there? Good. Six points of damage. Brings these claws rip through your armor. Remy, it is your turn. Me? Okay, okay. Where are people right now? Um... Just some massive skeletons just approaching and just clawing and ripping apart your crew members. Okay, you know the one guy beside um, Spectre? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm familiar dude, with yeah. him. His name is Jonesy McBoneface. Jonesy okay, McBonesy? I'm shoot him. You totally dropped the ball on that. I totally dropped the ball on <laughs> that. Uh, anyways, his name is Jonesy McBoneface. Uh, I hope he dies. I'm going to kill him. Right, <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thank um, you, Remy. Okay, I'm going to roll. Please. Fuck. Does an 11 hit? Against KAC, it misses. Okay. All right. Adios. Nadim, it is your turn. Nadim is going to swing out with his... What are the four skeletal aberrations that are clawing at you? Are you going to attack? Uh, You got... Let's ba, east, ba, ba, southeast, ba. south, and southwest. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna do Southwest. Classic Coloradan. Yeah. <laughs> Southwest. <laughs> take this green chili. I'm gonna take a swang. Oh, shit balls. Six against EAC. <laughs> <laughs> no. Is a power hammer EAC? No, but I was using my entropic strike gotcha. instead of. Well, uh oh. Hey, Spectre. Here comes a little bit of pain down your way. Uh oh. Uh oh. Natural 19. What is Ooh. Part of the ship, part of the crew. I think this is Alex punishing us for the ship combat that we just. Three points of damage against Spectre. Spectre, how are you feeling? Wait, two or three? Three points of damage. Three? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm into my hit points. It's not um, my turn for a while, right? Not for, not for a hot minute. Okay, I need to pee. I'll be back. 
<laughs> As Anna leaves to pee, Nadim takes another attack. That's 20 against Nadim. Good fucking god. Don't yes. worry, it's going to do a lot of points. Seven points of damage. Oh, no. What's up with Nadim? He's good. He's good? He's into his Sorry. points. I meant to say 28 not. points of damage. Oh, he's permanently dead. <laughs> he's turned to ash. Jet, you're watching your brethren in the forefront getting hammered by All these right. skeletons. What are you going to do? It's, it's skeleton in front of me, uh, yeah. alive. The one it that's is on top of the X. Awesome. As alive as great. Well, I'm gonna candy. shoot at it. <gasps> I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot the bone, the bone V boy, and that's a fourteen plus three, so seventeen. That hits. Okay. Well, that'll be four uh, fire damage. Four fire damage. Max damage on that. Yeah. Me. <laughs> And then it's Gear's turn, and Gear is also going to shoot the Bonesy Boy because Gear has a pistol that has more than just one charge. Flames, um, and that's a thirteen plus four, so that's a seventeen too. That hits. So that is three fire damage. And again, Jet and Gear <clears throat> shooting off two shots in twin, disintegrating Jonesy McBoneface. Aww. He had. A bunch of undead children and an undead wife. Oh. Not anymore, but uh, it is now uh, the Skelter Crew's turn, reaching, grasping, ripping at Nadim. 15 against KAC. Miss. Whoa. There we go. That's pretty good. Spectre, you are (sighs) up to bat. You feel yourself unable to be as tricky as you once were. Yeah. So if I take a... If I make a ranged attack against, like, that guy is on the opposite side of Nadim from me, would I take opportunity attacks from the two guys that can hit me? You would take opportunity attacks. Uh, you're okay. shooting through someone, so they get partial cover, which is an increase to their AC. They're in melee oh. with somebody, which is a decrease to your shot. So it's an eight-point swing on top of getting two attacks of opportunity from where you're standing. Oh, well, that's... So I would not recommend it. That's absolute bullshit. I'm staying away from that. <laughs> I'm back. I'm going to. I'm going to try. The Spectre's going to try to. Uh, can't just like. I can't just. He can't just leave Nadim here being swarmed by these guys. You He's just gonna attack him as per normal. Just no trick attack. Yeah, I know. But I mean, I would like. To, I have a better. I have a better chance to hit with my. My semi-auto pistol is like the better weapon. You could take but, a guarded step and take one attack of opportunity. I, uh, if. If that's what you're kind of shooting for, but I mean, you're being swarmed by these undead creatures. Don't, it's a well, more dire a situation. Step like northwest, then he can still shoot without taking yeah, any type of opportunity. That's fine. That's fine. I, I would. Only but you said you had a semi-automatic pistol. Does that work? In yeah, space? it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pistol, all pistols, North even. S- oh, suck throws them. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> eh, whatever. Does it require a, a fire? Eh. Any type of like combustion pistol? pistol, like a handgun, does not work in space. You are need a blaster combat? pistol. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to, yes, Anna, we are. I'm going okay. to guarded step back one uh, place. All right. And then... And uh, that's all I can do. All right. It is another member of the Skeletal Crew's turn. If he has some auto, auto pistol, then he can't shoot it. 
Yeah. It swings. So, is your semi-auto pistol, is it KAC or EAC? What does it shoot against? KAC. Yeah, so, Paul mentioned this, and I had forgotten, and it's fine because none of Anna's shots have hit. Uh, combustion pistols that require, like, gunpowder being ignited do not work oh in God. space. Who's yeah, carrying so have... all the excess laser pistols, by the way? Would I, been, would I, been, would I be able to retcon it, retcon it and have my laser pistol ready? Yes, I will, I will. I'll let you do that. And then you can take a shot if you want with that guarded step with that laser pistol you have ready. Well, no, because I'm, I'm, I'm uh, stag staggered because I can only oh, take one you're move or standard action. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah so you do have your laser. But you're like, I mean, you work and operate in space solely. You would, you would know that. So that is totally yeah. You know fair. the difference between a a slug thrower, as yeah. they call it in Star Wars, in Star Wars, but yeah. a slug thrower versus like a blaster. Fifteen to hit against Nadim. Miss. Then another, Remy. It is your turn. Your gun doesn't work Me? in space. It did, what? Oh, Unless you have an azimuth laser pistol yourself, which conceivably you could have from we the enemies from We found three before. azimuth laser pistols. Yeah. So. Gio's got one of them, so there's two free ones. I've got one of them. So then. Can you toss me one? I would assume you'd have it, uh, just because you're yeah, kind okay. of a deck space. It's just you do one d4 fire damage if you use an azimuth. Because again, okay, I'll do like not to metagame too much, but your characters operating and working in space would not be using slug throwers if they had yeah, the option they, not they to. Yeah, they know the difference. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna be like, haha, you didn't know that as people, and so I'm punishing you as characters. No, your characters would know. So you can okay. still roll the shoot, Remy. I'm going to roll to shoot. But you are shooting through somebody, so you might want to like take guarded. Not twenty. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Nat 20s are an automatic hit in Starfinder. Uh, but you are shooting through someone. Roll to confirm for me, if you could be so kind. Uh, is it a d20? Yep. Or yeah, it's another it? attack roll, yep. essentially. Okay, it's another attack roll. Seven. Seven. Okay, so... I swear to God, if you shoot me in the back. No, <laughs> no, no. She doesn't, she doesn't fumble. She just does 1d4 fire damage. But we do play exploding dice here on... Uh, at least while I'm the DM... Uh, so if you roll a four on a d4, you roll more damage. So go ahead and roll a d4 of damage for me. Three. Three. Oh. Ooh. So you shoot just over the shoulder of Spectre, hitting one of those skeletal crew members right in front of you. He still lumbers about, but you definitely did something. Nadim, it is your turn. Nadim is going to swing at the guy to the, uh, what was that, the east of him? Yep. That's a natural 19, so oh that is a goodness. 23 against EAC. <laughs> I think that hits. I'm going to say that hits. Let me check my records. Yeah, that hits. Okay. Four points of acid damage. Four points of acid damage. Some of the clothing and various bits of bone melt away, but it still reaches and claws, screaming wordlessly in the vacuum of space, just trying to get a little He's closer gonna, to harm going you. to take a five-foot guarded step All right. back into this area to kind of pinch him off a little bit. As you step back, the one that is now just to the south of you swings for an 11 to hit. Miss. 
miss. The one to the southeast of you also swings on you as you try to back off. Six misses again. Jet, it is your and Gear's turn. Okay. Um, does do I have a clear shot on this guy, or do is he is he yeah, partially you have a, covered? You have a clear shot on the person that is to the south of Nadim. Because you can so, see one of his, yeah. you can draw a straight line from one of your corners to one of his corners. That means you have a straight shot. Awesome. No, just wanted to make sure because fair, we're going to shoot him. Shoot him good. Double tap. Um, so that's a 17 plus 3, so that's a 20. That hits. So that'll be, oh shoot, that, that's a 3. 3, and you turn him into ash as well. Oh. Let's see, Do does Gear have a clear shot on anyone? Gear does not. Also, Jet can move if he so wishes, as he's only done a sneak Yeah, you action. know what? Jet's going to move. Okay. Um, so I can actually pick up Jet to move him. Um, it's moving Gear, so I'm just moving Gear back a bit. So I'm going to go one, two, three over to here, and Gear's back in that spot. Um, gear does not have a clear shot on anyone, so if... So Gear can't shoot any of them, or would he take a penalty if he tried to shoot? You take a penalty, so he can try to shoot over somebody, but they do get partial cover, which adds four to their AC. Four to their AC. Mm-hmm. You know what? Gear's got a higher shot chance than I do, so I'm going to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, Gear's going to shoot at the one to the southeast, and that is a natural 20. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> get him, Gear! Uh-huh. Hang on, Alex. I'm going to look this up. <laughs> It's a natural 20 hit. Yeah, it, it, all right. Yeah, do what you got to do, Does Gear. Gear roll to confirm or? Gear roll rolls to confirm? confirm. Okay. So that is a. <laughs> no, that's a seven. Um, seven. Uh, well, that's the second seven so, for a natural 20. Exploding dice for Gear. Exploding yeah. dice for Gear. Pew, pew. And that is a four. Ooh, nice. <gasps> so, so roll, roll again. again. And that is a, another four. Oh, roll again. Oh, that's exploding <laughs> dice, baby. Uh, and that's a one. One. So that would be nine. Regardless of that one, <laughs> gear just no, 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 no. This this flurry of azimuth laser shots go around Nadim, decimating the crew member on the other side of him, and they fall down, worthless and dead, dead, and said of undead. Wow, that's also the, the true death. Just to let Owen know, oh. I think that's the first time on the podcast we've had exploding dice for exploding dice reasons. Yeah. That's hey. awesome. And you did it back to back. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. I dig that it. That is pretty cool. I'd like to point out, I have been the only person to kill anybody. Shut so up. Far. Whoa. I just want you to know this. What? <laughs> Nadim, I think, killed one person by accident. No. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, you did. That's right. <laughs> it is I've another. Four people. It is another skeletal cruise member crawling over the broken and busted remains of his brethren to attack Nadim. Is he moving? Okay. I was going to say, is he moving there? Because that would Natural be... Natural 20. Roll the confirm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, nine to confirm. That's no confirm. All right. Roll this live. What was that? A two. A two. It does three points of damage against Nadim. 
he is not feeling very well. He's He's been getting laid into. Spectre, it is your turn. Your last round of staggered. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna laser pistol this guy. Alright. I know... I, I, do, I do know that Nadim is kind of in the way, but I'll, I'll try. Oh my fucking god. Natural one. <gasps> Roll the confirm! And that's, uh... That's, uh... Bad news bears. Confirm is just an attack roll, right? Yep. 19. 19. You do not confirm the fumble. Just <laughs> barely. Um, well done. It is the one of the last two remaining Skelter crew members... Just clawing, gnashing teeth, trying to get whatever remains of Nadim. Rolling a 21 to hit. Coming down with some claws. Minimum damage, two points of damage. Raking through what remains of your armor. How's Nadim feeling? (laughs) So... I literally have, like, the maxed out first level character as far as, like, stamina and hit points go. I am through my 11 stamina points. I have 11 hit points, and I've taken 10 points of hit point damage. Wavering. So I'm one point away. I'm falling Remy, <laughs> it is your turn. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna, hold on. Um, I'm gonna move to like here and try to shoot the one on, like, at the front. All right, so you're going to shoot the one that's to the south. There's two that are standing abreast in the eastern hallway. Yeah. You're going to shoot the southern one. Go ahead and take that shot. Okay. Never mind. That was a three. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Eddie. I feel like you've been rolling garbage. That's really tough. Uh, Nadim, it is your turn. Nadim is going to take a swing at the... Uh, creature to his east. I think he... The northernmost one? Yeah, the the northern one. I think that's the one he hit first. If you look, it's the one that looks in the most dire of situations. Natural 20. (sighs) Roll the confirm. Roll the confirm. Uh, Okay. This might be... uh, That is a 10 against EAC. That is a confirmed critical. Yes! <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell you now. How do you do this? But <laughs> He's been swinging wildly. And so he's got four arms. He's got his assault hammer in one and his three empty arms. He's just been kind of like trying to deflect blows as much as he can. But he's just been getting slashed and just totally fucked up. And... There's one he kind of landed a, a previous attack on, but like he's he's desperate now and uses one of his like bare fists. So he holds up his assault hammer like a decoy, and as this creature like affixes his eyes up high on his his assault hammer, you just see the the arm on the lower side just like reach in and grab him and just like 
create just a massive amount of acid that just eats through his armor and his body. His as bones he crumbles. melt away, left nothing save for a skull on a rather pungent pile of bubbling liquid. It is Jet's turn. Jet, you face down the last member of this skeleton crew. What do you awesome. do? It's literally a skeleton crew. I love it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and also, as that happens, Jet is, or sorry, Nadim is like on, like, unconsciousness door. I don't want to say death's door, but like he's knocking on. Knock, knock, knocking on being unconscious. <laughs> 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 so he's going to okay. take a five foot guard to step away just because he's just been totally ravaged. He's not right. feeling good. Takes that guarded step away to safety. Jet, what are you doing? Jet moving down to have a clear shot and he's going to shoot his shot with his pistol. And that is a not great. That is an 11 versus uh, EAC. That hits. No longer in oh, melee really? combat. He is open. Okay, that is a Shoot, I need a dice tray. If only I had a four-corner game dice tray that I could roll my <laughs> dice in and not lose them on the floor. If only. Um, that's a four. Four. If only. Just wow. Just money to my PayPal. I win soon. <laughs> Jet, you shoot a fire shot into the shoulder. Actually, I say shoulder too much. Into the knee of that skeleton, hobbling them. As you settle close to that wall, though, you feel... Oh, it's cold <laughs> penetrate through your spacesuit into your very body, and you take one point of cold life leeching energy damage. As that could be worth. You see this frosted edifice that lines this hallway penetrate you. Phrasing. Gear, it is your turn. It used to be a skeleton like you, but then I took a, uh, oh a laser shot to the, the knee. knee and laser to the knee. <laughs> I took a laser to the knee. <laughs> okay, Gear's gonna just. Gear's not going to move. Gear's just going to shoot and hope that he can make it. All right. So Slightly higher AC, but let's see what happens. It'll be a harder shot to make, but Gear has a better chance of hitting things than I do. So um, let's hope that he can do it. Uh, that is a 14 plus 4. So that's an 18. That's a hit. Gear is going to shoot his shot and deals 3. 3. Fired Gear for the Fourth time, Fells, another member of this skeletal Eoxian crew. The cold seeping from the walls, bothering Jet Remy, cursing at her very pistol. Nadim falling to pieces, Inspector finally feeling more himself as everything settles. And they look at each other, excited. For their victory. It is here. Proximity alert. Proximity oh, alert. Proximity alert. Oh, Proximity fuck. alert. Which they all know means that this ship that they are on is about to careen with an object. And I guess we'll see the result of that careening <laughs> next time. On uh, this is Starfinder 12 shot. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
Four Corners Games podcast is property of Four Corners Games, Inc. For more information about Four Corners Games, please visit fourcornersgames.com with the number four. Music and sound on this episode by Sirenscape, because epic games need epic sound. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc., which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com forward slash community use. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com.